you are listening to the wild soul podcast a podcast for the wild ones join me your host queen namaste as we embark on a journey to find our true north and our own unique path from wild inspired conversations to searching for life's hidden gems and meanings with a little dash of crazy in between because really who doesn't want to dance to the beat of their own drum Hello, beautiful wild souls. Welcome to the Wild Soul Podcast. I am your host, Queen Namaste, and this is the podcast where we talk about all things wild. If it is your first time to the show, welcome. And if you're a returning subscriber, welcome back. Thank you for listening. And I am so pumped for today's episode. I know I say that every episode, but I am just so blessed that I know like amazing people. (laughs) and I just keep coming into my life, and today I have Michael Fraser on the podcast, and him and I have been friends for a few years now, and we actually met in person as strangers when he attended one of my full moon circles back in 2019, and it was so great, like the power of the internet, he just googled it, I'm I'm amazed that it came up like on Google, and uh, he came, and we had a great time and that blossomed a great friendship. So Michael knows so much about anxiety and meditation. And today he shares his story on how he was dealing with anxiety for 10 years and how he climbed the corporate ladder and just chased the money, 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 money. And in turn, it ended up making him sick with cancer. And he was like, uh, I got to turn my life around. So Now he is an advocate for mental health. He helps people deal with their anxiety. And we just listened to his story here today. You're going to fall in love with him. I love Michael. He's doing amazing things. He's up to great work. And if you struggle with anxiety, give this episode a listen. And perhaps Michael will be the fit for you to help you deal with it and manage your anxiety in a healthy way to get off pills and all the other stuff that the world throws at us. So enough with this. Let's talk to Michael from Panic to Passion, all about anxiety. All right, Michael Fraser. (laughs) Welcome to the Wild Soul Podcast. I'm so pumped to have you on. Welcome, brother. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a long time coming. I know we've been talking about this and I'm excited to be here. Great. That makes one of us. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm so pumped for everyone to get to know you because um, I've had the pleasure of getting to know you, I guess, over the past, like, yeah, it's been a year and a half now, maybe. Yeah. Almost two years. Yep. Yeah. Sick, sick, sick. So first question I always ask, who are you, Michael Fraser? Wow, that's a good question. I'm gonna have to think about that one. No, um, you know what? I'm still learning who Michael Fraser is. Uh, it's been a, a definite journey. Um, I had a huge story about that I was, you know, this successful business owner, and that, um, like, honestly, material items were were me up until about two and a half years ago when I got into meditation, and so. I think, you know, I'm still figuring out who Michael Fraser is, but uh, at the end of the day, um, 
I would say Michael is a courageous, confident, loving man who loves to help people that are suffering uh, with anxiety and panic because it's been a huge piece of my life that um, I'm very passionate about helping others break through just like I have. Wow, that's amazing. I love what you said just there because I was a great segue to talk about panic to passion because yeah, I knew you as um, yeah the anxiety guy, but I didn't know you had this other page on Instagram called Panic to, from Panic to Passion, correct? It's Panic to Passion, oh, yeah. Panic to Passion, yeah. And it's so refreshing to see men, especially, be open and talk about their struggles with mental health and anxiety. And I just want to say, like thank you and honor you for doing that and like stepping you know out of the shadows and like be the leader for the awakened man or the you know the divine masculine <laughs> that needs to come and like step into this space so I'd love to hear more about that and I'm sure other people would too like if we could go back to who you were before and how anxiety started to come into your life absolutely mm -hmm. So, um, like growing up, I was grew up in a neighborhood that was very uh, successful. Like a lot of my friends' parents were lawyers, doctors, surgeons, uh, and my parents were just. Um, my mom didn't work. My dad was blue collar, uh, and so I woke. I grew up like with this huge desire for money, um, and so it started me like at a very young age to get into to business. And so I was like cutting lawns, doing all these different things so that I could like keep up and have the things that my friends were having uh, at a young age. And I'm talking like 13, 14, I had like multiple jobs and things going. And so at about, I was 18 years old and just started a property maintenance company. And at the same time I got into real estate. And um, I think it was about six months to a year um, after this when I'm in real estate, had no understanding of what I was doing. I was working for a builder. Um, and I was just hungry for money. It was all the money and, um, they didn't give me any training. And so I'm sitting across from a, an older couple ready to sign this contract with them. And I kind of had these nerves around the contract cause I didn't know really what was in the contract at all. They didn't teach me. I didn't, I've never like read a 20 page contract before and I'd gone through it, but just didn't understand it enough. So Anyways, they're sitting across from me and all of a sudden I feel like my hands start shaking, my heart's just going a million miles a minute, I can barely breathe, I get dizzy and I'm just like instantly kind of step up from my desk and walk out of the room and they're like, what's going on? Um, and so I, I go into the hall and get my assistant, I'm like, I have a family emergency and I can just like run out to my car. Uh, and so that was my first experience of a panic attack. I had no idea what was going on and this just led in to a constant fear of having another anxiety or panic attack. Uh, and I lived in this conscious, constant chronic stress, anxiety state for like a solid month until I decided, you know, I need to go to my doctor and get some help. And so I went to my doctor thinking, you know, I'm going to get some emotional, social help and an understanding of what's happening and what to do. And he just quickly told me I have a generalized anxiety disorder and that um, you know, there was a little bit of depression there. So he put me on some medications, uh, gave me some Ativan to take when I'm, you know, having a panic attack. And at the time I'm like, great, I just need to calm this. Like, I just thought that was the magic answer that I would take this medication and, you know, a month later it'd be gone, but that wasn't the case. Um, and this led on for at least five years of like taking more medication, trying to figure out what was going on, trying to see therapists, different people. 
uh, that could give me answers. And I found is everyone kept going back to uh, changing the meds or uh, pointing out that, you know, I had an anxiety or sorry, I had a, a marijuana addiction, which I did, but that was like far from the point of uh, helping me understand what was going on. And so about five years later, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and that was sort of my wake up call of like, okay, I really need to get clear as to what's happening uh, in my mind and body. And, um, you know, really was my breakthrough. It's kind of when things, everything sort of started to change. Um, and so I went to a Tony Robbins seminar. I tried to like really do my own research and find people that could help me, but I never committed to really, uh, anything. It was just kind of like dabbling with these different modalities to try to help me or um, these different mentors at the time that didn't really know anything about anxiety, but had a lot of world understanding. So anyways, this led on for about four more years until I like fully committed and my sister bought me a 10 week meditation course. Uh, and that's really when my life changed three weeks into that meditation course. Um, everything shifted for me and I recognized uh, how reactive and how much pain I had in my life. And I really began uh, to take back control. And then I found the right mentors to help me break through my anxiety. And that's what's led me today, where now I've done uh, a bunch of healing work and learned a bunch of modalities so that I can help other people break through their anxiety and panic. Wow. God bless your sister, hey? <laughs> oh, yeah. My angel. Definitely. Wow. Okay. You said so many things there. Sorry, I went on a, <laughs> a rant. That's okay. I want to go back and unpack. And then it also was like, okay, was I actually listening to see what you said? So you had this um, panic attack and then you're like, I've never felt this before. And then the doctors just gave you out of van and like these pills. Uh, right? Yeah. Did you get addicted to the pills? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's so I had smoked uh, marijuana prior, but it was never like something I really loved. It was like, oh, once in the blue moon. But really what was happening with the medication is that it, it was like I drank a full cup of coffee and I hadn't eaten any food. So I was just like not as anxious, but I was so fired up like all the time. I was so reactive and so just like intense. Everyone in my life, like I was really intense. And so I used the marijuana to kind of like numb it down and it was kind of my own little i hate to say it but it was like like a perfect combination i found the two of them together and so that's what i kind of like got an addiction of, of the two of them um but hadn't healed any of my anxiety had no idea where that anxiety was coming from yeah. uh, and it just got worse and worse and took more and more medication and smoked more and more uh, which i think is the issue with today's dating like i work with some younger girls like 2021 and they're on these pills and like antidepressants and like I'm I don't want to knock the pills because like for some people they really do help them because people's brains are wired different I just hate how like western medicine just masks and masks the issues puts like the band-aid approach on it you know what I'm saying it's like there's <laughs> And it always just comes back to trauma and like childhood and shit, like whatever the hell we did when we were kids and that we carry, you know, and then we just stuff it down and put more stuff on top of it and never actually deal with it. So absolutely. Right. Like, so for somebody listening, 
like I don't know if, you, if this is getting like too vulnerable or whatever so you can be like oh no <laughs> you know, like, what was something you think that triggered your anxiety like the first episode or like is there a moment where you can think back when to like where that actually stemmed from totally so I want to tap on like two things quickly I want to tap on that medication piece so uh a lot of like people believe and a lot of my clients it's like well I have a chemical imbalancement and you know my brain is just wired different it's like no 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 you just don't know how to control you, you, no one's taught us how to emotionally regulate how to deal with these symptoms and what's going on and you don't have no understanding so um medication has a time and place it's not something you're supposed to take for a lifetime it's something that you're supposed to take for a period of time to get you through what's emotionally or mentally sort of taken over. So to anyone that's listening, it's like medication's okay, but I highly recommend if you're just taking medication, you need to find, you know, either a mentor like myself or a therapist or someone that can help you work through where that trauma, where that stress, where those things are coming from, where that trigger came from uh, to break through your anxiety so that you can get off the meds. The meds will just continue. I don't know anyone that has taken meds and doesn't, doesn't have anxiety. They still have anxiety, they still have depression, they just have to take more and more. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to just tap on that. Mm -hmm. Now, um, where my anxiety came from is when I was a child, I struggled heavily in school. And so reading in front of people uh, or in front of the class um, or just even like presenting for the class caused me so much stress because I would just sort of like go into these little bit of panics when I was younger, excuse me, and would, uh, blank, like would not be able to read. And so it was kind of a similar process of like, well, I'm actually, I'm sitting across from a client who wants to know about a contract and I'm presenting it to them, but I don't know what's in that contract. I don't, I have no understanding of it. And so it was kind of like a, a re-trigger of, um, my childhood in a way, but it also had a lot to do with like my life at the time. I was so heavily, um, concerned about finances and there was so much stress uh, I wasn't eating properly. I was drinking lots. I was partying. Um, I didn't have any health, uh, which plays a major role. And so I will tap into like, there is kind of sort of four to five different mainstreams that I've realized over the last two or two and a half years of working with people with anxiety is that anxiety comes from present life stress, past stress, or future stress. It can come from um, trauma, as you spoke about, it can come from your lifestyle. So if you're not eating properly or drinking lots or smoking, um, it can come from a learned response from when you're growing up. And then sort of the fifth one that I've recognized is like what you're doing doesn't match your values or your beliefs. And you don't even know your values and beliefs. And then you're doing these things that don't match that. Good so, one. That's such a good one. Like when yeah. people say something, but they do another, they're like, why am I doing this? I don't want to be doing this. It's like unconscious action. Totally. And that's what's causing that internal uh, pain and, and struggle and overwhelm. And so if you're listening, that's just if you can, you know, sort of watch or observe your anxiety and kind of get an idea of maybe one of those five, that's a great way to start. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's difficult to try to do that on your own. And that's where finding someone that can guide you, uh, is very important. Yeah. I feel like we all need, even the, even the greatest coaches in the world also have coaches and mentors, you know, it's like, you're never too high to have one. I think, yeah, with the whole, if <laughs> it comes down to like, everything is interconnected and related. And it's not just one thing. I and mean, when you're saying like your health, your health is so important. And there's so many times where I've been like, 
um, what's the word, just like brush it aside and don't think that it is, but it's like the food you consume, the people that you surround yourself with, the environment that you live in, you know, how you move your body, like all this stuff, <laughs> we're just connected in so many more ways than we think. And I really, um, I liked what you said, but just about totally. and I'm glad you're like reinforcing that because that's a huge piece is that a lot of my clients, so when I first started working with people, I left that out completely. And people were having breakthroughs and, and transforming, but they would call me all of a sudden and be like, Michael, you know, we've worked on these things. I haven't had anxiety, but today I'm having a panic attack and I'm like freaking out. I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about your day. One of my clients is like, yeah, I'm just at home. I'm having a crazy panic attack. And I start breaking down. I'm like, well, how did your day start? Turns out he didn't eat breakfast. He got to work. He drank two pops. Then he had a coffee. Then he had a chocolate bar. Then he had a bag of chips. Then he had another pop. He's like, I'm like, so how many pops did you have today? He's like, I had six pops. I'm like, the amount of sugar that you consumed, like I would be having a, I'd be freaking out. I don't, I don't have sugar because it, it makes me anxious. Like it's such a big piece. So you're totally, uh, it's huge. And, and the other thing too, is that so many people are dehydrated. People don't realize that water, if you're dehydrated, it puts your body in stress, which pumps adrenaline, which is the same sort of chemical makeup. Adrenaline and cortisol are the main two natural hormones that are pumped when you're having anxiety. So it's so important to drink a lot of water and stay hydrated and eat the right foods. And like you said, be around the right people and exercise to move that energy that's in our body is so important. Moving the energy, yes, because if not, it, get, it, like, it gets stuck <laughs> in totally. places and manifests as ailments and disease. Another thing I wanted to touch on, it was like, I don't believe like when I was growing up or even I haven't had many panic attacks. I think I could maybe count like two in my whole life. And I feel like I've been very blessed in that regard. Um, but like, I also didn't really know like what is anxiety? I feel like it's this huge blanket statement of like, it could be a, a million different things. Like I don't understand what it is. And I don't remember who I, uh, heard it from but they're just saying instead of giving it this name called anxiety just like get into your body and like what are you feeling is your chest tight like it's chest tightening or it's my heart is beating faster or my face is getting flushed like can you touch on that at all at all like do you know what i'm saying <laughs> absolutely yeah so you know everyone has so many different there's so many different symptoms of anxiety and it's interesting you know what happens is we like to put these labels. So people go to their doctor and like, I just like, well, I have generalized anxiety disorder. That's just like what I have now. It's like, no, it isn't. Like I actually never had generalized anxiety disorder. I had a different type of anxiety disorder that he didn't even know about until I started researching this. And so I like that you mentioned that where it's like, okay. But it's like, do we even have anxiety or is it just things that we are feeling in our bodies? Like is anxiety something that you can actually have? Okay, so I'll break down anxiety. So basically, there's a part of the brain called the amygdala. And that amygdala was designed for us to stay alive, and it's basically uh, in control of our fight, flight, or freeze. So thousands of years ago, when an animal uh, or like a lion would come out of the, whatever, <laughs> or a bear would come out of the woods, um, <laughs> basically that amygdala would fire instantly so that we would fight that animal, run for our life, or play dead. And we want that to happen in like less than a second. Uh, we don't want to be thinking like, oh, there's a bear and then have to, it's like, we want to react instantly to stay alive. But what's happening now in today's 
modern world is we're actually activating our amygdala around perceived threats. So either an image or a thought of a past uh, event like the trauma or stress uh, or, you know, screwing up, talking in front of people, whatever it might be. Or for some of my clients, it's a lot around the symptom where it's like, wow, my heart all of a sudden is pumping a little bit faster because I had a bunch of sugar. They don't know that. Uh, and um, I could, this is, I'm going to have a heart attack. And then they start spiraling into this perceived threat. And so basically anxiety is just like they've created this, these symptoms uh, and they start focusing on those symptoms which are creating um, more of it. It's more fear. It's basically just like an intense level of fear in the present moment. Um, absolutely yeah that's what we're doing we're just like with for your example with that guy he's like oh well, yeah like i'm having a panic attack but it's like well you created that actually for yourself and that experience because of the way he was eating and the way he was being exactly i mean for some of us we don't even recognize like people will be sitting there like no i don't create this michael and and you're right you don't it's like your amygdala is so fast so uh, if we had a past stressful event or we went through some trauma um, where, say, you know, someone came into your, say you got in a car accident. Well, now getting into that car now, it's like, well, how come every time I get into a car or even think about a car, I'm at home on the couch and I'm thinking about driving somewhere. Why do I feel anxiety? Well, because you had a traumatic event that happened in a car and your amygdala is firing, trying to keep you alive, uh, even though you're not in that car or in that same situation. And that's the power of uh, our brain. It's just so breaking it down and understanding where this is coming from and rewiring the brain and the way you feel and observing and be able to accept those symptoms that you're having is such a key piece to breaking through and overcoming your anxiety. So I hope I kind of was all over the place, but I hope that answered. Yeah, I'm all over uh, the place too, as well. <laughs> no, I totally does. And I feel that it's something that's not going to just be a quick fix overnight either. Exactly. Yeah. So it's something you have to really work at. Um, how, how long did it take for you to like manage your anxiety? So, um, I suffered for 10 years. So really in my experience, um, it's taken quite a bit longer, but I didn't have someone that knew, I didn't have someone like myself that knew exactly how to like, where to start and where to get me to from like A to B. Like, you know, right now I'm having still uh, anxiety. I'm still on meds. I still have this addiction. Where do I get to now? I didn't, I didn't hire someone. So where it started with me is like the meditation. The meditation took me, you know, sort of three months. My anxiety was at like an eight or nine and it moved down to like a five or six from the meditation. And then, you know, hiring a mentor that was sort of specialized in a form of anxiety helped me then move that four to five down to a three to two. And then, you know, getting more modalities that I worked with, uh, learning more about anxiety helped me then get down to now to a place where I don't have anxiety. I no longer have an addiction. I long, no longer take medication. Uh, but to be 100% real, I still get anxiety at times. Like if you were to say, um, or if I were to get on a stage right now in front of a thousand people or even 50 people, I would be having some anxiety, but that anxiety would only get to like a four and a five and I would release it and let it come down. You know, it's not, I'm not letting it grow um so become manageable whereas before it was unmanageable and exactly so to answer your question for me it took me like a, a solid year and a half of working and learning uh, reading about it and practicing acceptance but for my clients i take them through an eight-week program and everyone that i've worked through this 
up until this point, uh, and eight weeks have had massive breakthroughs. So uh, at the end of those eight weeks, their full ability to be able to manage their anxiety wherever they're at. Um, and for some, you know, if it, like if you've been having anxiety for 10, 15 years, you need more time. Sometimes it takes three, six months to continue these practices to get to a, a place of really being able to be comfortable with accepting and letting that anxiety flow through you. Uh, but for most people, uh, I've found within eight to 12 weeks is sort of the sweet spot of um, really getting back control of their life. And for a lot of my clients, it's like, it's much more than just taking back control of their anxiety. It's like taking back control of all of their life because they're no longer consumed by something that's holding them back in so many different places of their life. Mm. Yeah. Cause it can trickle out into every aspect of your life. I could see how anxiety could be so debilitating. And you show up like it's like, you know, a lot of people, what grows your anxiety is fighting it and pushing it down. We don't want other people to know, right? So like when I was having anxiety, none of my friends knew. No one knew I had anxiety. Uh, I was a master at hiding it. So it's just like you show up to friend's house and they're wondering why you're acting weird. Well, it's like you're having anxiety and you're trying to push it down and hide it, right? And Or, or you, you're, you leave situations or don't show up to friend groups or be around family or certain situations because of your anxiety. or and for a lot of people, it's like, you know, addiction comes in with like alcohol or, or overeating or smoking uh, to try to numb and keep that anxiety and stress in a place where they feel like it's in control, but really it's actually growing their anxiety. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the, the little demon that's inside you, like the more that you just like stuff it down and don't feed it, the, like the hungrier it gets and like the stronger it comes back. It's like, no, you just got to face that like demon right in the face and be like, yo, you don't scare <laughs> that's me. That's exactly it. I'm small. You're that's small. exactly <laughs> it. Like, totally. That's so, I'm glad you said that because, um, the truth is, is like we all, when you have anxiety and panic, like all you want is that short-term relief super quick. It's like, I want to get out of this hell that I'm feeling, these thoughts that I'm having. So you do, you know, you reach for that alcohol or reach for some food or avoid a situation or completely run away, uh, whatever it might be, whatever your avoidance tool is, excuse me. But what helps people or the key to overcoming your anxiety is actually when you, instead of that behavior of avoiding, it's like sitting there, observing it, accepting it, working through it. And the more you do that, uh, the less it, it becomes and the more it dissipates. And uh, that's when you get to a point where it's like, okay, I feel anxiety. Hey there, bud. Nice to feel you again. Uh, oh, my heart's racing. Cool. I'm just going to breathe, work through this. Uh, and then it just dissipates. It's wild. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because, yeah, when it's like... I experienced that too with like giving up alcohol and then it's like oh and then I pick up something else like I picked up smoking weed for a bit and like now I've been over 40 days without marijuana and I just feel like so good about that but it was like you're like picking something up to avoid you numbing it not feeling your feelings that we just have emotion as humans and it's like you were funny as as humans. Yeah. Like, I want to feel it. Let me just get that. I don't want to, I don't want it. But it's like when I actually sit with my shit, it sucks for a bit, but then it feels better after. Like we we overcomplicate things so much as humans. Totally. Yeah. And suppressing suppressing those emotions or thoughts is like actually a huge piece to 
why people continue to suffer. Like you, you hit it dead on. It's like actually just sitting there and feeling them and letting them work through you and have a cry and journaling all the messed up thoughts you're having and get them out of you is so important because otherwise it's just like they're subconsciously just floating and going over and over oh, and yeah. re-sparking like, them. Sometimes like subconsciously you're just like, what the heck? <laughs> oh yeah, I, fa- I found this actually and I, maybe you know who says this because I don't know who said it, but I think it's like a quote from somebody. You cannot suffer the past or, okay, <laughs> let me try this again. <clears throat> you cannot suffer the past or the future because they do not exist. What you are suffering is your memory and your imagination. Exactly. And that's exactly where anxiety comes from. Like, yeah, it's because you're not being present in this moment. You're thinking about the past. That's where meditation comes such a beautiful piece. And um, kind of, I don't remember exactly what I was saying earlier, but um, that's where anxiety comes from. It's like, well, a past memory of something that's happened that's fearful to you or dangerous and that's where that amygdala is firing or it's like a future event where something could go wrong you know like that symptom you're having in your body could lead a lot of my clients have health anxiety which means like they believe that some sort of symptom they're feeling is going to lead to cancer or a heart attack um, when really it's just anxiety so they've perceived of a future event so getting back into the present moment and just recognizing like you are safe there's nothing here that's actually a danger is is key yeah, there's, I mean, if we're not getting eaten by dinosaurs or bears these days, so it's like our our perceived danger has changed so much over the years. And I think, especially now in this time that we're living in with like the danger, well not uh, quote unquote danger, but like of us being isolated in our homes, not being able to see people that we love. And also like social media, right? Like just so much judgment of trying to be perfect and have this magical oh, God. <laughs> Um, I, I like I love and I hate I love social media and I also hate it I love it for the connection and like podcasts and stuff like this because if it wasn't for social media I wouldn't have had half the amount of the guests that have been on this podcast and I've learned so much and meeting people and like you I think we met through social or you met me through the internet anyways yeah social media yeah, yeah. I was moving to Vancouver and I was like I want to meet people that are in yoga and meditation and then I added you and I went to one of your full moon ceremonies like so great social media is so great in so many ways but yeah it's got it's like the the oh, double-edged sword is that what they say it's like ugh, it's got an ugly side to it but it's just like humans when we have um our shadow side and totally. but it's like it's all of us like it's you can't get rid of your shadow you have to accept it fully like the good the bad the ugly the great so but yes i understand what you're saying like with the constant like comparison comparisitis is what i call it for myself because <laughs> i suffer from that from time to time like oh my god um this many age years old and i'm i don't have this and that and i'm not you know i don't got the car or totally. the kids or the house and it's like but you were chasing that for a while too weren't you not and then yeah and even what am i doing <laughs> totally and even yeah. now it's like you know I still battle at times of like my old self. Like I, I, I kind of skipped it when I got into the real estate, but I had a business for 10 years uh, that I sold right before I got into meditation. And like that business provided me a lifestyle that was incredible. I had a brand new car. I had tons of money coming in. And for the last two years, since moving away from that business and moving into healing myself and learning how to heal others, like I make nothing compared to what I used to make. And I'm 
in my 30s and I'm like, in my 20s, I was so successful. I catch myself going back to that and, you know, craving that. It's like, no, it's okay. Like it's everyone's in good time. And I know um, what I'm doing is, is my passion. So I'm so much more happy and healthy and don't have addiction. I don't have anxiety or panic anymore or depression, but that stuff still flows in and out. And it's just being mindful of that and observing it and working through it. Like we've already talked about it. Um, is the key because we all like the journey of life is always up and down and you're going to go through flows. Um, it's just riding them. <laughs> Ride it. Yeah. Roller coaster of life, you know, because totally. we can't, we can't see the beautiful views without like the valleys. You have to walk through the valley to see the view, you know? Absolutely. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were talking about your course that you offer people. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, someone's like, shit, man, I need, I need to get a handle on my anxiety. Like, my, how can you help me? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so I did have a seven-day free course that was just to help people calm their anxiety. But really what I do is I take or I work with people one-on-one. So I have a one-on-one mentorship program. And right now it's eight weeks. Uh, for some clients, it's 12 weeks. And really what we do during those that period of time is – we get, uh, I help you calm your nervous system, first of all, because if your nervous system isn't calm, you know, you're going to be just still out of control and not be able to properly use your brain to uh, work through what you're going through. So start with calming your nervous system. And then get, we work through getting clarity as to you know, where this anxiety started. I help you sort of rewire the mind and your body as to how you're reacting and desensitize your anxiety. And then for every client, it's really different. The kind of last four to six weeks is really based on that client, but it gets to a point of um, taking them through steps that are going to get them to a place where they can fully accept and work through their anxiety, which ultimately helps them uh, conquer and break through their anxiety. So um, yeah, right now, that's where most of my clients go is to eight to 12 weeks. I do have some things coming up in the future. It'll be more courses that people can take in their own time and some group courses. Uh, but I also hold a free weekly anxiety support group um, as it's been something that a lot of people have requested. And during this time, you know, we're all stuck in our homes. So people are needing this extra connection and just hearing other people that are suffering um, as well. And their story has been a massive help for a lot of people um, since I started that. So yeah, that's what I do. Nice. Is that support group on Facebook or where is that? Uh, it's over Zoom. So yeah, people can oh, reach okay. out. So literally face to face and you guys meet up every week? Uh, sorry? With the support group, it's on Zoom and you meet once a week? and just Exactly. Like a yeah, once a week just to talk and I kind of guide a little meditation or breath work and then everyone sort of shares their story and what works and doesn't work and uh, it's just a place for people to come together and, and learn. That's Bro, awesome. and, you know, I didn't know you had that. That's so cool. I just started this oh. two, two, three weeks ago, but it's been massive uh, for the people that have come and for me too. I'm loving it. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Okay. So where, where can people find you? How can they work with you? Do you have a website? Do, yeah. <laughs> so on all social media, it's panic to passion. And then my website is panic to passion.com. Oh, easy peasy. I'm really grateful that uh, you had me on. I know we've been talking about this for some time and I've been busy and pushing it off. And so I'm grateful for you uh, and everything you do and having me. I'm so grateful to have this conversation with you too. And if you could just leave the audience with like, I don't know, a takeaway or something or anything, or maybe a tip, a trick, 
for anxiety or something what's on your mind so i just want anyone that's listening to know that you're not alone uh anxiety is the number one mental health disorder in the world uh and so you're never alone please feel free to reach out anytime and one of the fastest ways to calm your anxiety is through the breath. And the breath that I love to share with people is just breathing in through the nose and slowly out through the mouth. Um, if you're experiencing some anxiety, you can instantly go into this breath. And if you find your mind is going really crazy, what you can do is count the breath. So you count uh, for an inhale of four in through your nose and an exhale of either eight to to six seconds out through the mouth. And by doing this, it's going to calm you. Um, for some people, you know, it's going to, if you're really worked up, it'll take at least five minutes, but this is something I recommend practicing daily. It'll help calm your nervous system, help move you out of that parasympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight into your sympathetic, which is a more rest and digest state. Um, so yeah, that's what I suggest. And just to anyone that's suffering, you know, you're not alone and please reach out. Um, and Let's do a breath together, even with the listeners, wherever they are. Let's do it. Beautiful. Guide me through it. Great. <laughs> so whenever you're ready, you can either close your eyes or keep them open. And just begin by taking a deep breath in through that nose. Let it go with a sigh and the exhale. <sighs> and again, in through the nose. Slowly let it out through the mouth. One more time in through the nose. Really concentrate on a slow exhale. Just breathing in and out, letting go of any stress, any tension, any anxiety. Continue to breathe in through that nose. Slowly out through the mouth. Gosh, feels so good to breathe, doesn't it? I love the breath. <laughs> just to take a moment, just like chill. Yeah, it's free medicine. Free medicine, 100%. Michael, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with me today. So honored. Always a pleasure hanging with you. Thank you. Yeah. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs>